Welcome to Family is the Answer, an adoption and foster care podcast. I'm Karina Kuna-Henson, Managing Director for Rohe Foundation. Together with Podcast Network Asia, we're here to share resources to inform you and stories to inspire you about adoption and foster care. Hope you enjoy listening. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is the Family is the Answer podcast. It is a podcast designed to help families who would like to know more about adoption and foster care, whether you're looking for inspirational content or you're looking for more practical informational content. This podcast is for you. We are glad that you are here. We believe that family is the answer to the orphan crisis, that children were never meant to live their whole lives in an orphanage or in institutional care, but that we believe that every child waiting deserves a family and that family is the answer to their prayers. And so we're glad that you're listening in. I hope you're having a good week. It's kind of a an interesting time for us, at least in the Philippines. It's like lockdown, no lockdown, lockdown, no lockdown. I don't know what it's like for you in your part of the world, but that's certainly what it's like here. And so I've been catching up with a lot of friends online and through a lot of Zoom calls and things like that. And I recently caught up with a friend who is single, probably in her mid to late 30s. And she called me and said, you know, I just watched this. I just watched this show on Netflix, The Chair. And I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's it's Sandra Oh, and it's on Netflix. And she's like, I watched this show on Netflix. And in that show, Sandra Oh, the character, she adopted. And she was a single mom. And it got me thinking, I really want to adopt. And I don't know how to make that happen. And, you know, I just thought it was so interesting. You know, I was trying not to like jump up and down in excitement over that. And I realized I had to kind of bring everything back to earth. Like, okay, there are a ton of things that you should consider. But I was just so excited to hear that. And I mean, I got excited because it, I guess there's a lot of content that's being created now where adoption kind of plays like a little subplot in whether they're TV shows or movies and or Korean dramas or whatever that might be. I always get excited to hear about that. So, you know, if you're watching anything and you find there's a really nice sub story on adoption or fostering or caring for the orphan, do let us know. That always makes us really excited. It makes us all the more excited when you come to us saying that that kind of sparked your interest in adoption. So our topic for today is actually somewhat related to that, I think we wanted to talk a little bit about what role you might be able to play around this issue if you don't think adoption is for you. And if you don't think adoption is for you right now. And so you're probably listening to this podcast and you're thinking, I believe adoption's a good thing. I'm not here to disagree with you guys. I believe it's great. I'm just not ready. Or maybe I'm single right now and I would rather wait till I get married to adopt. Or maybe... I'm a student and I don't have a job and there's no way I could feed a child, even if I were to adopt this child. So that could be you. And we do want to talk about how adoption is a community thing. Yes, it's an individual. It's something you do personally. You adopt a child into your heart and choose to be linked with your child forever. As much as 
adoption was a family thing for us. It was also individual. It's me telling my daughter Coco and saying, Coco, you are mine forever. We are related forever. We're connected forever. So it's an individual thing. It's a family thing. It's also a community thing. And there's so many ways that you can show that you care about this issue without actually adopting. And so we want to talk about that today. The first thing I want to say is that it is so far beyond immersion and outreach programs. I say this all the time because we're in the Philippine context. We just get so used to visiting children's homes. I think when you're in school, high school, college, you do that a lot. But we can really take it a step further. A lot of times it starts with what we have. What do we have to offer right now in this stage of our life? And you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, I'm, I'm about to start working or I'm already working. And there are things that I have that I could actually give and share. And I just wonder what would be helpful. I think that's such a key question. What can you do to help that would actually be helpful? I really encourage you to ask this question before sending a truckload of donations to a children's home. We get this a lot because donations are a wonderful way. And I know that a lot of families do this, you know, when they clear out the things that they're no longer using, that they don't need anymore in their home, whether it's clothing or or beddings or pillows and blankets and things like that. And there are some things which are generally always useful. But when you go send a winter coat to a child in an orphanage in the Philippines, not so much, right? So I encourage you to find out from children's homes, you know, what can I send that I might have in my home already that I could share? I have more than enough of that, that I would like to share. What do you guys need? Sometimes it's school supplies. Sometimes it's clothing. Yes. Sometimes it's, you know, books. We have books in our home and, or sometimes you have an old computer or a laptop that you're no longer using, gadgets that you're no longer using and that are literally just sitting in, an, in a drawer or in a cabinet somewhere. And instead of selling it, which you say you will do, but you actually never do, I encourage you to make it useful and find out, you know, or maybe ask around who needs something like this. And we're here to support you with that as well. If you need help getting connected to children's homes and channeling the right things to the right places, it would just be such a waste if we said things that you had to give to a place that didn't actually need them then that's not actually very helpful. A lot of times children's homes um, actually prefer that you give monetarily towards something specific and they're able to go and buy that. There's a children's home that I used to visit in Santa Mesa in Manila. And I would say like, hey, I want to do an ice cream party for the kids because, you know, I know they really like ice cream. And they would say, oh, okay. So we would send money over to that children's home and we made friends with the executive director and he would go and buy the ice cream for us especially now during COVID, and then send us the receipt and show us that, you know, this is what was purchased with the money used. And, and that made me happy because then I knew that the money that we sent over really went towards something that, you know, the kids enjoyed versus me sending, I don't know, a flavor they don't like or something. <laughs> so yeah, so you can share your resource, you can share what you have, you can share what you have extra of, but do make sure to ask that question first, what can I give or what can I share that's actually helpful to the recipient so that we're not just dumping our things that we don't need on them. The other thing is that we could make room in our home and you might be like, oh, room in our home. Like I, I said, I can't adopt. I said, I'm not ready to foster. I, that's not what I mean. I mean, just the way you have friends over for dinner, something you could do is you could host children or 
maybe even teens, maybe even young adults who don't have family because children in an orphanage don't know what that's like to be in a family unit, to sit down and have dinner with parents and to observe how we interact with our kids and how our kids interact with us and how a husband interacts with his wife and a wife interacts with her husband. They don't know what it's like to have a family dinner. And if you're listening to this, I'm almost positive you've had a family dinner. I don't know if it was a good one or a bad one. <laughs> I don't know about your experiences growing up. But I can say that a lot of these children in these children's homes have never even had that kind of an experience. We're in a healthy home. Family dinners are supposed to be a time where we connect, a time where you get to know each other, a time where the child feels seen and heard and gets to share their experiences with their parents and with their family and their siblings. And so hosting dinners is one thing. I know the time we're recording this, there may be some limitations around that, but I just want to leave that idea there for the future. We had the opportunity to do that and we probably hosted about three dinners at our home. And my kids particularly loved it so much that until today, and it's been two years because of the pandemic, we haven't been able to have that. But until today, my three-year-old still asks when they're coming back because she so enjoyed their company and she so enjoyed seeing that modeled, you know, just creating that family environment for these kids. The other way is you could support a family who might be on an adoption journey by raising funds for them. So this is something that's really common in the United States, typically because adoption can cost so much. For them, it's it's normal for adoption to cost up to 1.5 million pesos. That's pretty average when you talk about agency fees and the processing of the paperwork. And this is for legal adoption. It does cost a lot, sometimes even travel expense. And so raising funds to support families who want to adopt is so helpful when friends and family get around the family who's adopting and say, we're here to support you. That's something that we could do here. Adoption does not cost nearly as much in the Philippines. However, there are expenses involved and there are families who would love to foster or would love to adopt. But what may be holding them back could be the financial restraints. So if, if you have friends and family in your community or in your churches that find themselves in that position, one way would be like to ask them like, hey, I heard you're you know, on an adoption journey. Is there anything you guys need? And that's one way to financially support them or to help them raise funds for their adoption. That's something that's super helpful. Another way is when the child does come home to bless the families who have adopted with the things that they need. I remember when we adopted Chloe, it was like, I was panic buying on the day that I knew she was going to come home because I was so managing my expectations about whether or not it was going to pull through that I just texted all my friends, you know, this is what we need. And, you know, whoever has extra, could you, could you help us out? And, and we had so much more than we needed within 24 hours because of the community around us that stepped in and, and supported us in the things that we needed at that time. Another thing you could do when it talks about how you can show that you care about this issue is really just to learn more about adoption. Learn more about the issue. As you learn more, what happens is you get exposed to the needs, right? And you start to care. I think more than anything, when you start to get exposed to these things like seminars or, or trainings or volunteers, so you could volunteer with us at Rohe Foundation if that's something you want to do. And what happens is you get around the issue more. And it's inevitable that the more you know, the more you care. 
Hi, my name is Jelly Victor. And I'm JC Alanis. Do check out the Parenting Podcast, Real Parents Facing Modern Problems Together. This is brought to you by YF Nutrition Parent Team and Podcast Network Asia. It's really hard not to care about this issue because it's so urgent. There's such a big need and it's so close to the heart of God that I think that when God's children get close to this issue, it's almost inevitable for them to care more about it. And so I encourage families, especially Christian families, to learn more about adoption. This is so very much interlinked with the heart of God. And I want to encourage you to to find out more. Find out more about why this issue matters, how you can get involved, and what are some of the ways that you could create a community that really celebrates adoption alongside the adoptive families in your church or in your community. Things like using adoption positive language when talking to adoptive families. I I really appreciate it when families do that, when they interact with us and they treat my daughter with the same love and respect that I treat her. Chloe knows that she's adopted and adoption is not a bad word in our family. It's a positive word. It carries all the beauty that we believe adoption has when we use it. And I love when families are able to communicate with her and interact with her in the same way. And they're able to mirror the behavior that we have towards her in creating an environment that is one of love rather than than shame. Other ways would be to reach out and ask families what they need. Some things aren't material. Sometimes there are families who foster and they love to foster and they can take, you know, they love kids so much, they just want to foster as many as they possibly can. But people like that do need help. And sometimes they need help to watch over their kids when they need to go out and do some errands. They need help when, you know, they have doctor's appointments or they need to take some kids to the doctor and can't take all the kids to the doctor. And That's typical of foster families, especially in the U.S., because they typically, you know, especially those who foster siblings and they already have biological children or they have other children at home. And so they love it. They're happy. They create that wonderful family environment for the kids, but they do need support. So the easiest thing to do is to ask. Each family has varying needs. Parents might need friends to talk about what goes on in their lives as well. I think this is critical, especially with foster care, because you take on a child temporarily. And so, you know, they might not get into the groove of it yet, or they might not have made permanent adjustments the way that they live. But for the time that they're fostering a child, they need support. And so that's one way. Last but not the least is I love this one, being a godparent. There's a community that we know um, from IBC Church, Pastor James and Isa Tika. They've created such a wonderful community there where it's just part of the church's culture to love and care for the orphans. What they've done is they've set up this kind of like a godparent kind of system in the absence of parents. And because some of these children who they, they reach out to have aged out. They never got adopted. They're 18 years old. And when you're 18 years old, maybe what you need is still a family community or you need someone to just check on you. The families in their community have committed to guide and support them as they enter adulthood, meaning they go to their godparents' house for Christmas or for Easter or on their birthday, they celebrate their birthdays together. Because for kids who have aged out of the system, the reality is they have nobody to celebrate Christmas with. They have nobody to spend holidays with. On their birthday, very few, if any at all, people remember. 
And so this concept of being a godparent is saying, I might not be able to take on the full responsibility of parenting a child and of being the mother or father of this child who is a little bit older, but I would like to be that family and I would like our family to be open to him or her so that they could spend holidays with us so that they could come to us when they need something so that they could let us know when, you know, sometimes they need help finding a job and they don't know how to find a job, you know, different things like that, different life skills that they might not have been equipped with that they could learn from you. The truth is you don't have to be an expert or you don't need to have all the money in the world to help. Our examples are quite simple. Caring really starts with just a willingness to serve, a willingness to build relationship and get to know the children who need to be adopted or need to be fostered or get to know the families who have adopted and fostered. And you get closer and closer and closer to the issue. That caring becomes very natural. Caring becomes the result, the byproduct of understanding this issue more, of getting close and building with those people who have done it. So, you know, ultimately, I think that when we show that we care and we're talking about, you know, how to show people in the adoption community, whether it's children waiting to be adopted or adoptive families or foster families, whatever part of the adoption community you're trying to show care for. It's so important because that means so much to us. It helps in creating that culture that celebrates adoption. I know for me personally, sometimes it's just seeing my friends share a quote about adoption or share a post of Rohe Foundation or a video that we did. And I know that these are not people who plan to adopt. They're not people who are thinking about adoption right now. But when they do that, sends the message for me, an adoptive mom, that they care about what I'm going through, that they love what they see in our family. And they might not be ready right now, but they believe they're agreeing with me and saying it's a good thing. And, and that means so much to adoptive families like us, because our hope is that our children, me, an adoptive mama, my hope is that my children would grow up in a world where adoption is seen in a positive light. And that's simply not enough for me to do what I'm doing. It takes the whole community. You know, it takes my friends and my family members echoing that and also saying the same thing, saying that adoption is a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm so grateful for all of those things that my friends do and, and even people I encountered. It just means so much to us. So I don't underestimate that. I think advocating for adoption is another way. You know, it's a way that we say we believe it's a good thing. We believe that our friends are doing something great, or we believe that this family that we so admire is doing something great. And I might not be ready now. I might not be ready ever, but my role in advocating right now affirms that I believe it's a good thing. And I'm still figuring out, you know, what else might be down the road for me. So I hope that we can all show that we care a little bit more. We all have the capacity to do that. And I, you know, like I mentioned, it starts with awareness. At Rohe Foundation, we love to say small act, big impact. Every act that supports adoption can have impact far greater than you can imagine. Especially when we believe that God takes small things and he can multiply them. He can make them big. A lot of the small things that we do can have a ripple effect. And so our hope is that, you know, you would be able to 
take your small acts and, and sow that into the adoption community around us. As we close, I want to invite you to check out that article on rohayfoundation.org, Small Act, Big Impact. That'll give you a little bit more context. Also invite you to check out all the content that we have on social media. Also continue to engage with us on Facebook. You can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram and share our content. And that means a whole lot to us. It lets us know that you're with us, that you might not be ready to adopt or foster today, but that you're with us, that you're locking arms with us in this mission, seeing more families and less orphans. So we thank you so much. Again, you stay in touch with us. If you have stories that you'd like to share with us, reach out to us on rohifoundation.org. We definitely want to stay connected with you encourage you this week to go and show somebody that you care about this issue share a post check on a family who's recently adopted maybe call a children's home find out what their needs are reach out to our team as well if you need help in navigating you know where to go and what to do we'd be glad to help you hope you have a great week everybody see you next week was the Family is the Answer podcast by Rohe Foundation and powered by Podcast Network Asia. If you're interested to know more about adoption and foster care, visit our website at rohefoundation.org where you can find articles, videos, and other resources. You can also find us on social media. We're Rohe Foundation on Instagram and Facebook. Again, thanks for listening and I hope to catch you at our next episode. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>